This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy East Coast Trev, and this is Steve. Just Steve. Just Hi, Steve. Steve. I'm embracing you, it, man. You're embracing I, I'm going to embrace it. Just Steve. Embracing the suck. Isn't yes. that a military thing? Embracing it is. the suck. Yeah. I love it, yeah. man. Well, we're here on episode 91. We're, we are nine away from 100. If you guys can't do the math, I'll just let you guys know that. So <laughs> I need uh, this is. This is the Fourth of July episode, um, so it's it's all about America. Yeah, America, fuck yeah, right? Isn't that we're, what they say? We're doing America. things a little bit different on this one. We're we're gonna bring it back. You know, I think it's kind of important to do that though, because so we had talked kind of a little bit after the show um, about having like the Wilhelmina one, and then now having this one with Nikki C. It's one of your buddies that you served with overseas. I think it's kind of important to kind of put out there, you know, that there is those avenues um, for for people in the military to to go in and be in the outdoors and what it does for for somebody and kind of can change them. Um, you know, I mean, Nikki C will kind of go in it here, but like even as simple as as diving and spearfishing, um, it doesn't have to be hunting. It could be fishing. You know, um, there's a you know, there's more to come about that, honestly, in the future episodes, but I think it was a great episode. And I, you know, as you say, man, just for everyone to remember, you know, what, what 4th of July actually is, you know, it's not about you going out and drinking with your buddies and everybody's kind of worried about that. Like, you know, the fireworks here in town, there's kind of one of those things where people light off fireworks and the people of the town, the townspeople kind of get mad and they're like, you know, Oh, I don't understand the, they, they, they're they make my dog scared and this that and the other thing or you know somebody had wrote on one of the facebook pages what do you want us to do take our veterans and put them in a closet because they have ptsd about the loud bangs and i didn't understand why they went that low you know it's like do you well, remember what fourth of july is man they they just they won't understand and, and people who haven't experienced it never will because i'll be honest and like i said a, a lot of people are going to learn a lot of about me that we've never really discussed on this show until this show. And there was a point in time when I came back that I couldn't be around fireworks. I mean, it, it was a trigger. I mean, because of what the fireworks represent the battles back in 1775, you know, that's what the fireworks represent is the battles, us winning our freedom and coming home fireworks would go off and it reminds you of battles. And it took me a little while to get over that. 
you know, and that that's all part of it. But I mean, I'm all about it now. I'll blow the biggest damn fireworks we can because now I just picture it as, hey, that's us firing, <laughs> you know, and good things happen when we fire the rockets. But they, but I mean, honestly, up until you just said what you just said, I myself as a American did not know what the reason of the fireworks are. And I bet you there's hundreds of thousands of people that don't even know what the fireworks stand for. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like in the national anthem when they say when and the rockets went glare. The bombs bursting in air. That's talking about Francis Scott Key sitting prisoner on the Chesapeake Bay watching the bombs exploding as they're firing into the different forts, you know, and that's what the fireworks represent is the battles and the fights that it took for our freedom. So it's one of those things. If I educated you, I'm happy to have helped and I've done my job for the day. It's, it's just, it's very important that people know this stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's, you know, these things kind of be forgotten, and especially with everything going on in this day and age. And obviously we won't get into that because we do that enough, but it's, <laughs> it's very important that you take this weekend and really pay attention to the 4th of July, man, just, just go above and beyond and really think about those. Um, and, and the reason that, that we celebrate the 4th of July, it's not about the barbecues. It's not about drinking beer with your friends. Just take that second. And a lot of these holidays, my, my, I mean, me, myself, I've learned a lot with being, you know, brothers with Steven is, is just learning what these holidays are because Kim makes it very, very, um, very blunt about what it actually is. And I think that I kind of take it for granted for a long time, um, Memorial day and all these other holidays that they're real holidays for those who served. Um, I don't have that many people in my family or around me that, you know, they've served or make it that big of a deal. Right. So it's, it's incredible to learn what it actually is. So you guys should really pay attention um, to those holidays and just, just take a minute, man. It's, that's all it takes. And just think about that stuff. Um, Cause it, it is very important. Right. And, and that's, that's one thing. It kind of leads me to a question. I don't bring it up often to a lot of people, but um, I'm going to use you as my example, Trev. And this is no way an impersonal question or anything like that, but would you fight for your country? If shit came to the shores, would you fight for your country? See, I think about this stuff all the time. So me and obviously Captain yeah. Seth is a, <laughs> is a Marine. So like this stuff gets talked about all the time. And in the beginning of the pandemic, you think about that stuff a lot, right? You're like, well, what happens if it comes down to it? Right. And what would actually happen? Like I'm telling you right now, I would absolutely fight for my country. I wanted to be in the military. It just didn't work out. Like I just, I, I went in a different route, you know? No, um, I'm, I'm not knocking you there. Nothing. No, that. no. Like I wanted to at first, like it was just, it was just not in my, it was, it I was don't know. You'd make a pretty good looking sailor. I'm saying, dude, I mean, <laughs> I'd be the best looking seaman you ever seen, but the, the thing is, so if it was to come down to it, absolutely 100% when I fight for my country, if they said tomorrow that we all need to go to war or whatever the case may be, I absolutely 100% would. Um, right. now, and having the skills that I have, I think it would be all right, you know? <laughs> right. Now, here's the other thing to look at it. And this is what most people don't ask themselves. You'd fight for your country, but would you die for your country? See, that's the tough part, right? So I, I don't, I, I mean, obviously you... I don't know, man. It's a, I, I would absolutely die for my country. Do I want to die for my country? I, 
I don't know. I, I'm not in that mindset, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I guess it, it's, it's it's a, a different type thing, of person. Right? I to and today's guest is is really the kind of guy that, without question, when you ask him that, you say, "Will you die for this country?" Hell yes. Like there's not a second of hesitation in there, and and he goes to prove it not only through his service but what he does after his service. I mean, it's everyone first, mm-hmm. you know no regard for his health and safety and welfare as he proved uh love him to death but what he did save lives but you know the average person would have gone the other way in his circumstance so mm-hmm. that's really the coolest thing about this is you get a breed of people in every generation that will just do it they'll say yes they'll just jump right in there See, to circle back on that, if me in my 20s, I would say, yes, I would die for my country. For me now, in what's going on in the world, you you have to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, tough, it's, 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 it's a, tough a tough thing, one, dude. right? Because like, do you do you like going into like the crazy government thing? Like, honestly, like, do you really want to die for this government? Well, see, and that's the thing. And, and this is a good point. I'm kind of glad you brought it back to that because when we enlist, when we choose to serve, you take an oath to serve the Constitution of the United States. See, I'm okay with that. Now, the Constitution supersedes the government. Correct. Therefore, if the government's in fault and they're destroying the Constitution, we swore to uphold and serve and defend the Constitution. Constitution. Therefore, that's where our loyalties lie, is what our forefathers laid out as what they wanted this country. So and for that, I will die in a pile of hot brass every day of the week. So if you asked me, would you serve for the Constitution and would you die for the Constitution? I wouldn't I would not even hesitate to say yes. If you asked me if I would fight for the government, I would <laughs> I would hesitate <laughs> to answer that. Right. So so and, and that's, that's just something to think of you know most people go yeah. hey yeah i'll grab my guns and i'll go fight for the country but when you ask them will you die for the country how willing are they to think that through and go i would fight for this or that mm-hmm. so it's either all or nothing yeah now Crazy. like i said before nikki c is he's he's guns blazing all in balls deep that's how my boy rolls it's incredible it's incredible. He's an incredible human being and what he's done and what he's been through. I can't thank him enough or any of the soldiers that stand with him. It's just, it's next to none, man. It really is. And to change my thing is with anybody who's military too. I mean, when they, when they sign those papers, right. In my eyes, right. Like me, I haven't, I haven't gone in the military. So I was able to enjoy every single day of my life stateside doing anything and everything that I wanted to do with no qualms. Right. I guess you can call that privileged, right? Not really. That was a joke. No Steven. comment. No that was comment. that was a joke, Stephen. <laughs> Not so, saying nothing. <laughs> I'm leaving that political discussion I was, out. I was going there. Um. So, <laughs> but people who sign to be in the military, they literally, they're they give up, they give up just as much time as somebody that was to spend ten or twenty years in prison. Yeah. Oh, and trust me, there were times it felt like it. But I'm not, I'm not, and, and not in any way, shape, or form. Do not take this the wrong way. I was not trying to say that no, that's no, what that was. I was me, just totally saying that they're you. they're giving up that time of their lives to go and fight for privileged people like me 
being able to do anything and everything that they want. You know, it's just, I hope I don't sound like you sound like you're privileged. I wasn't really, <laughs> I was just being more or less funny, but it's kind of crazy bring it back around. On no, you. I know. I was just, uh, I was kind of just going there because it was kind of funny, but now you're but anyways, no, I think it's amazing, man. And I stand for any military person. I mean, no questions asked. I think it's an amazing thing. So, well, without further ado, you think probably we should thank some other people. They're not but, as good as the military people that they're, they're pretty good. We didn't greed, bleed green together, but uh, blood, sweat, and tears together. We'll say yes. So Love go it. ahead and fire them off. So first off, I want to thank Gator Outdoors, GatorOutdoors.com. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE25, um, and they are supporting the red, white, and blue. They have a new shirt that's come out. Get on over and get yours right now. Uh, it's the red, white, and blue Gator Outdoors t-shirt. Um, they got some really cool stuff. They got some cool stuff coming. They got a women's line. Um, you guys can take a look at that stuff too. Tank tops and women's colors, pastel type colors. So get on over to gatoroutdoors.com. Also, Nor'easter Game Calls, Nor'easter Game Calls. Get them in close. Um, they are the custom call company of the North. Um, yeah. Speaking of, ooh, go ahead. Steve. Oh, no, you're good. I just saw what you were holding there. I was getting excited. Yeah. So we have the new evolution series. Well, I'm outdoor series. I'm thinking evolution because we're always evolving. We've graduated. Um, yeah. Outdoor series, um, grunt tubes. They should be going on sale pretty soon here. Mark was away on vacation fishing. Um, once he gets back, we're going to release these bad boys. I'm actually holding what Steven had seen um, is the end cuts of every single one of the outdoor series um, grunt tubes that, uh, Mark from Nor'easter Game Calls made. Uh, if you guys haven't gone over to the website, nor'eastergamecalls.com, check those things out. Um, and uh, they're pretty badass. You should definitely get yours for this uh, coming up season. If uh, that's Tim not the most beautiful handcrafted call I have ever seen in my life, that thing is a, I want to put it in a protected shelf on a case. Just, I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. When I saw it, I was like, I texted Mark right away. I said, if you sell that thing, I will absolutely kill you. I said, the only person you're selling <laughs> that to is me. I said, put that thing in the mail and I will take it. Um, just, just, it was, it was kind of like on a whim where he just took all of the woods and then, and then uh, curled them together and then shaped them. So there's only two, there's only two. Uh, they're both spoken for. So you'll never see another one like this, but um, the other ones, that are out there. They are made out of burl wood. Um, they are so they're they're fox elder burl, not flame fox elder burl, but just elder burl wood. Um, pretty cool, pretty awesome. Check them out. Noisegamecalls.com. Also, timber tumblers, the custom tumble timber tumblers, tumber timbler. They make custom <laughs> tongue-tied timber tumblers. <laughs> I hate that, man. It drives me nuts every single time I go to talk about them. But no, they make all the custom timber tumblers <laughs> there it is <laughs> they make uh they make dog bowls all kinds of crazy stuff he's got some cool stuff he's got some awesome stuff coming with he's got a new laser and stuff he's talking about doing some leather work but i'll leak that out there for a little bit also uh out on the limb out on the limb mfg.com they have the new hush stand if you guys haven't seen it there's a couple of different demonstrations online on that it's an actually pretty badass stuff um and then your shakar sticks um platforms camera arms we're getting to that time man where you guys should be focusing and playing and working with all of this stuff. And to go along with that, uh, Latitude Outdoors, um, they are the uh, two-piece method system. 
when it comes to saddles. Most comfortable. I mean, what did you think about it, Stephen? You you've sat in yours. So we're we're getting the the follow up review video all finalized and ready to drop. And I will hands down say I have sat in a lot of saddles. Nothing out of the box has ever worked so smooth, so simple, and answered every issue I have ever had with a saddle till I sat in this thing. And it hangs incredibly. I mean, it literally the hip pinch you can adjust in four different ways till it's gone it, it's it's a slick deal i can't wait to drop this video and show everyone and not to add i mean a lot of you guys want to get up the tree with lighter gear it's lighter than any other saddle out there oh yeah their one panel or their two panel their their one panel was insane it, it's a pound less than the ones i measured it against the two pieces almost a pound less than every other satellite measured it against no metals no sound, no clinking, no metal. Everything's ropes. It, it's braided am still bridges, factory. I mean, it's just, it's a unbox and get in a tree type saddle. Literally no adjustments. I love it, man. Love it. Well, get on over to latitudeoutdoors.com. Get yours now before they go on a sale. For sure. Love Real it. quick, Trev. You. How did you do on the shoot this week? Um, funny story is I haven't shot the shoot. Ooh, well, you know what's happening this week, right? <clears throat> I got to shoot the shoot this week. This is the shoot in. This is the shoot in. So you this have to shoot in. You have to enter this to get into the final. So it's a last final. It's the final week of the regular season for the shoot for the bow league. Um, I actually funny story real quick. I know it's going to take a little bit, but so I had sold my elite here. Um, and kind of up, upgraded myself. I went with an obsession bow. Um, I went down to Hall's Archery, which is a local archery shop here. They hooked me up. Guys set up my stuff. Phenomenal shop. Um, I hadn't used them in a long time, man. I said, you know, I was on a limb. I went down there. I, I went and uh, brought this bow down there and got it all set up. I went with uh, the drop away, as I always do, the QAD. But I went with a new site, man. I went there to in the... I wonder what you were going to do with that to go with the, um, the hog spot, the spot, hog. the spot hog. And actually I was going to go with the Tetra first off. And then we had talked about it when we were away at the shoot to go with the spot hog. Well, I went even, even more left field, bro. I went with the, um, what is that? The apex access oh, so, you dirty bastard <laughs> yeah i dropped it i said you know what i'm doing it um or else well, shooting yeah so i went a little crazy dude it's an expensive site and i'm not gonna lie to you oh, it's, it's worth carbon. every penny though it's worth every single penny i would never shoot another site as long as i live um they're like upwards to like 320 bucks but it is worth every penny that i spent on it uh i got the carbon um, what is it, Steven? I, I couldn't tell you. I didn't see it. This was a surprise to me. I thought you were going to go with the spot. Hold hog. on a second. Hold on. So, and we had discussed that at the shoot as you were talking about the one pin versus the three pin. So I, I was interested to see where you landed. Yeah. I went with the, the Excel, um, A X C E L. Um, it's in carbon and I went with the one pin, uh, the smaller of the two, uh, the boys down there talked me into it. I couldn't not, man. I, when I shoot it, it is insane. 
it is insane. And not even to add to it as the site. And it's, so every single tape goes to hundred, no matter what the, you can turn it out and then you can still tape even further if you want to go further on it. But the obsession bone itself, it is like if elite and PSE had a baby, that bow is <laughs> insane, bro. It's the lazy man, tight back wall, like just easy to pull, 90% let off, and then it has the speed to follow through. Insane accurate, forgiving. It's, I, I don't know, man. I wish I stepped out of a different bow way faster, way longer, because, I mean, way before, because I, I don't know. I like I it a lot. You. I know. I like it a lot. You man. sound excited. I can see it in your face. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I'm hoping that uh, you will bring us some luck because 45 yards at a one inch circle has not been either of our forte for some odd reason. So no. this week, the top 54 shooters get added into the bracket plus the 10 top scores for the season. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan on shooting it either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, yeah. I get out of work pretty early Wednesday and Thursday. So I'm going to tune in the bow and then I'll shoot my one shot. Well, I know uh, you're not shooting tonight because I mean, you're getting on a boat in like two hours. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. You man. got an all nighter. <laughs> it's all good. Um, also. Um, let's yeah. get to New York cruise. Let's do fire it up. Fire it up. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. I know a lot of you are probably busy fishing and shooting in this oppressive heat, but if you're anything like me, you already have whitetails and September hunting on the brain. Uh, this time of year, there are a lot of lotteries opening up for hunting in various states. Uh, this week we'll start in Rhode Island, where there have been some changes for the Block Island State Land Deer Hunting Lottery application. The application has been updated to better fill traditionally empty slots and will now accommodate hunting groups up to six hunters. Uh, there are now two forms, one for individual hunters and one for groups of hunters. As a group, all applicants should be on one application, uh, not separately. Uh, great opportunity to get a group trip together, and maybe you could even book Trev and Seth to shuttle you out and back, catching fish on the way. Uh, if interested, the applications can be found on Rhode Island DEM's website. Now off to Ohio, where hunters can apply for special controlled hunting opportunities on state land starting today through July 31st. Controlled hunting opportunities are available for whitetails, waterfowl, doves, and other species. Uh, the application cost is $3. Yeah, only $3. And is available to adult and youth hunters, which have valid Ohio hunting licenses and meet age requirements. Hunters will be randomly drawn from the applications and notified by August 9th. So a great opportunity there for a super minimal cost. I don't know if I know any other uh, lotteries that cost $3. So uh, now to Oregon, where the Congressional Sports Foundation is fighting for hunters, fishermen, and trappers in the state. The state's attorney general has prepared initiative petition 13, which would end all hunting, fishing, and trapping in the state. The CSF submitted comments in early June arguing that the proposed ballot title failed to adequately notify voters as to the sweeping effects of the initiative. In response, on June 21st, the Attorney General uh, modified the final language to include a statement on the effect of IP13 
would have on funding for conservation efforts due to hunting and fishing license sales being eliminated uh, from the Department of Fish and Wildlife's budget. Additionally, uh, the hunting and conservation community um, argued other modifications resulting in the language now specifically listing that hunting and fishing will be banned uh, along with noting these activities will be criminalized and not just prohibited in the state. Now with the final ballot language certified, the End Animal Cruelty Campaign, which is behind this, uh, will begin gathering the uh, it's 112,020 signatures required to get this uh, on the 2022 ballot. I want to stress that this is the scariest part of the petition. Um, this proposal will not be handled through the state legislative office like a lot of the bills uh, I've presented before. Uh, if the signatures are gathered, uh, this will go to on the state's 2022 election ballot, and the public will 100% decide the fate of hunting, fishing, and trapping in the state of Oregon. So something to definitely keep our eye on, um, and hopefully we don't see any other states pushing these type of initiatives. Uh, that's enough for bad news this month, uh, let alone this week. So let's come back to Clinton, Connecticut for a great story. Last week, Evan Camoen took his friends Luke and Ryan out on Long Island Sound for some fishing. Uh, the three teens had uh, heard a distress call from a boat nearby um, taking on water. The teens located the distress boat and as they neared, the boat actually overturned. Uh, Evan was wearing a video camera on his chest to take video while the teens were fishing. In the video, you can hear the teen communicating with officers and guiding his friends through the rescue. Uh, the teens managed to rescue four men with another boat assisting to rescue a fifth. Uh, the men rescued on the fishing boat called the teenagers lifesavers, to which Camoen simply responded, a couple of teenagers, that's all we are. So truly uh, amazing young fishermen and humble at that. Uh, definitely a day they will never forget. So. As we head into the July 4th weekend, I want to wish everyone a happy and safe uh, celebration. Go out, celebrate our independence and our ability to enjoy the outdoor activities the way we do. As always, if you have any news for me, uh, please hit me up on Facebook at Mike Salter or on Instagram at bearded underscore bowhunter21. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Mikey Salter, bro. What he's he's the man. I don't, I don't even know where he finds some of this stuff. It's a pretty incredible story. Um, well, since nobody out there is sending him anything, hint hint, everyone needs to start kicking their local news up to old Mikey and give him a hand here because he is busting and slaving to get you what he's got. That's right. He's got some good stuff in there, man. So make sure to take care of Mikey and uh thank him too. So he gives some good good news. For sure. Well, man, I don't know about you, but I, I'm jacked. I'm I'm happy and proud to bring my boy Nick Clark on, give him a chance to tell his story. You know, we live in a world full of famous veterans and things of that nature. And this guy's done some stuff that, in my opinion, you know, rises him above so many others. He's extremely hum humble and he'll never say anything different. Uh, he's, he's the guy that likes to be the gray man in the shadows, just handle business and go about it without no one ever knowing. So I'm happy to drag this out of him. And I think it's a great situation for the 4th of July to spread a little love and patriotism for the country. Not to mention he's now evolving into a possible outdoorsman. So what do you say we bring Nikki C on? 
Let's go, man. All right, let's do it. Stack, stack. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive podcast. We have our friend. Nikki Sion, how are you, man? Good. How you guys doing? Dude, I'm still full of shit. Some things never change. <laughs> I, I was good, though, man. So do you, dude. You know, between the facial hair and the clean cut, I mean, it, it looks like you're operating still. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just doing little things here and there. Just really, ultimately, trying to be a dad. I miss out on a lot with the kids. You know, with deployments, training, being gone all the time, so letting it grow out, kind of let it hang out. I was thinking about growing my hair out long, but uh, we'll, we'll I don't know if going. I can see you with that. I'll be <laughs> honest, but but I will say I'm disappointed you didn't come in with a good old fashioned. <laughs> 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 oh. uh, dude, I can't step into a gym without having that run through my head. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's oh, like yeah. oh. Oh, so many bad memories. <laughs> oh, yeah. We used to do a lot of routine, a lot of working out together, man. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't we turn this key, man, before we get too, too lost in conversation? Why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you do? And don't be shy. Uh, name- <laughs> yeah, don't be shy. <laughs> uh, my name's Nick. I live in uh, Florida now. I'm originally from uh, Syracuse, New York, from upstate New York. And, uh, Spent uh, over 15 years in the military, uh, started in the Marines, uh, switched to the Army, uh, went, you know, in the Army and went, you know, infantry, airborne, you know, Ranger instructor, full nine, like, you know, deployed Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, just just been through the, the wild roller coaster of being in the military and training all over the place, different countries, a lot of stuff. And uh, now that I'm out, I got medically retired. So I got medically retired out. Now I'm just pretty much trying to be a dad and enjoy my life a little bit, you know, and see how it goes, you know? Hell yeah. And and kind of the way you run through that, you know, you make it sound so simple, but, but I know that's not the case. So for for everyone out there, everyone listening, me and Nikki C go back quite a ways, you know, 2000, let's see, it was 2007 when we met. Yeah. When when we were camped out in your little uh singles barracks room when i first got to fort Irwin, and uh our routine was literally get up and work out then go to work and then work out and then go to bed oh yeah we we're so, living in the desert out there Irwin. yeah that sucked <laughs> Oof, that was, it was brutal hot. it was hot man it was hot so prior to that you know you touched on you were you were a crayon eater you, you were yeah, an three dumb dumb Oh yeah, I was so, infantry ground pounding. Yeah, and you, how long did you do that for? Uh, four years. Four years. Nice. And then, uh, so if I recall, you got out pre nine eleven. I got out right before nine eleven, like right before it hit, and I was getting out, transitioning out, and then I went back home to Syracuse. 
I was going to take a job up there and then uh, start working. I started working at Pepsi, actually. I was a Pepsi driver, <laughs> driving a Pepsi truck around town, you know. And uh, I did that for a while. And then uh, I was doing a little bit of electrical, commercial electric with a buddy of mine. And then uh, I was like, you know, well, I want to go back in the military. You know, I miss being in. So in 2005, I went back in the military. And that's when I went back in to the army. I switched over to the army versus being in the Marine Corps. Was it the enlistment bonus that got you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. So the enlistment bonus. So they offer all that stuff like choice of duty station, you know, prior service. They have a package kind of deal going on for like prior service Marines at that time. So, you know how it goes. And I was like, they're like, where do you want to go? And I was like, well, I always wanted to go to Europe. So they were like, hey, you don't have to go through boot camp. You already went through boot camp Marine Corps. You transfer over and you can pick where you want to go. And I'm like, are you serious right now? And back then, it's how they did it. Right. But, uh, it was uh, definitely interesting. Uh, so I ended up getting Germany. They ended up giving me the bonus and everything worked out great. So, And that trip to Germany, I mean, in the long run, we'll get into it down the road, ultimately paid off for you. Yeah, I in mean, the long run. Yeah, that, that was I, – I, I don't know how to say it, but you, you scored big. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually won the lotto. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, you're good, man. Someone's trying to call me. You're good. Yeah, I actually, won, I actually won the lotto at like life, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I, I actually, I, I was, I, I'll just tell you. So the first time I went to Germany, actually, when I got there, I was single for like a year. So I was checking out Europe, partying, hanging out. It was great, you know, just enjoying myself. And then I ended up meeting my my wife I have now. We dated and then uh, we were dating for a while. I ended up getting orders to Fort Irwin. That's where I met you. And then after that, we ended up staying together the whole time. And then she flew in, flew out the full nine, and then we ended up getting married. So they got two beautiful kids now and everything. So it all worked out perfect. And that's a story in its own. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely an interesting story. Oh, yeah. So you were in Germany. You were doing your thing. You came down to Fort Irwin. You, yep. met, you met some dumbass specialist when you got there. They said, hey, he's in your squad. Deal with him. You know, because they didn't have a clue what was going on. You know, it wasn't yeah. exactly the most organized situation. No, not really a scored away, scored away uh, leadership over there at all. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> they they throw this stupid ass specialist on you. They don't have barracks room for him. They don't have anything going. There's no housing on post. Is that you, yeah. Stephen, that you're talking about? How'd you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He literally, he got, he literally got stuck with me, which is kind of how that particular unit worked is like oh shit uh you deal with it <laughs> so, yeah oh shit my mic went down no you're back up you're good oh well good. imagine that so explain to me what it was like having this idiot hillbilly thrown in your lap because i always wondered it was actually a blessing in disguise because it worked out perfect so it was like First of all, our, our last names are the same, which is amazing. So I was like, yeah. you got, you, you know, you got two guys with the same last name. It's like, all right, well, that's great. You know, and then it was like, you're from Arizona, right? And I'm from New York. So it was the total opposites. And it was, it was <laughs> awesome. We actually hit it off great, you know, and uh, we became like really good friends. We became like family. It was, it was, it was like brothers. It was awesome. You know, I had a really good time. And I really enjoyed the time I had there because really because of like the family that we had there, you know. Oh That's yeah. Great. I, yeah. I'll be dead honest with you, man. If it wasn't for all the dumb shit, we would ditch camp and go do 
we probably both would have lost our shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. So I I did want to touch on that. And this kind of rolls back. um, You're now wife flying in as part of this. I mean, it was, it was our jam to just literally like the way Ford everyone worked where the unit we were in is for 28 days straight. We were out in the box, which is just a giant literal sandbox where we played the bad guy and trained units. Yeah. That was and it. We out there the whole time. No shower, no nothing. Just sitting just out there. It, it was, it was miserable. So our thing was when that one weekend would come, we were home, we would go home, shower, throw our shit in a bag and just pick a city and disappear. Yeah. We would cruise down to San Diego, LA, Vegas, you know, and Dude. then uh, it, was actually, it was actually funny. Cause uh, my, my, my wife at the time, she was, she was my, we were dating was my fiance. She happened to fly into Vegas. And uh, that's when we all went out there in Vegas. <laughs> and I grew up. Oh, yeah, we actually got married in Vegas and you were there. Yeah. 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 I, I was the best man, the witness. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And we had a homeless man there too, if I remember right. <laughs> you know, we we checked all the boxes on that one. Oh so, yeah, and then we went out partying. You know, we went, we went, we went money. We oh. actually went slot machines. We, yeah, we did the roller coaster over there. It was great. It was a great dude, time. Man. Yeah, you over there in the stratosphere, dude. What was it? Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, man. That Just was a great game. crushing it. Yeah. I'm like, this guy is the luckiest son of a gun I know. Sometimes. What the hell? Can't get good luck without bad luck, though. You know. You know, and you hit that, and then roll over to Studio Fifty Four with your brother. Oh yeah, my brother was. Uh, yeah, was, my brother was actually. Uh, he was doing security around town that time. He was bouncing back then, doing different <laughs> jobs, and uh, he got us in like for free, like VIP full nine. You know, the whole, the whole thing. So we were traveling style. So not only yeah. did we have hookups different places, but we had connections different places and traveling style. Yeah. You know? I think Lady Gaga was in there that night. We were in there, as a matter of fact. I believe so. That, and it was like Mike Tyson and Lady Gaga, I think, were in there. If I'm not mistaken. It was kind of, it, crazy. It was kind of a wild night. It got yeah. a little blurry at the end. Uh, what was it? Truck drivers all night? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll never forget that because your wife would walk over and she'd go, you're empty. And I'm like, I know. And she goes, give me another one. And the guy would walk oh, over and load us up. Oh, man. That was a oh, long yeah. night. <laughs> oh yeah, she's uh, she's interesting, man. She well, she got the European, you know. Oh, dude, European. I still remember the argument we had in the house about the difference between techno and house music. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So. Well, they take they take fist pumping over there to another level, man. Oh, you know? no doubt. They think it's the extreme over there, you know. But I mean, she will never compare to our nights with the Wii and the kilt. Oh yeah, kilt the we doing the uh, doing the bowling. <laughs> oh, dude, I pulled those pictures up the other day, and I was like, we were nuts. <laughs> oh yeah, man, we had a lot of good times. A lot of good times. Yeah, that's good shit. So, rolling out of that, you left. You got reassigned. Came down on orders and got back to Germany. Yeah, so I I, I reenlisted to. Uh, to pretty much get out of there just because that unit was kind of, it was kind of interesting over there. Yep. That unit. I wanted to get out of there. I was just like sick and tired of being in the desert. Not only that, I was stationed in the desert for four years in the Marines. I was on the other side of the desert. Yep. Old 29 stumps. Yeah, man. You might as well call me like a, de- a desert dweller, bro. You know? <laughs> He's starting yeah. to look like it. <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I ended up going back to Germany and then that's when things got like kind of interesting, but you know, it, 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 it 
I, I live 250 miles an hour all the time, nonstop. There's always something going on. So I left there and I went to Germany. And as soon as I got to Germany, they're like, hey, didn't even have my furniture house. They're like, hey, welcome to the unit. You're the new guy. And uh, I was like, yeah, no problem. Here, here I am, new sergeant, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, they're like, hey, we're leaving for Iraq in a month. I'm like, oh, we're leaving for Iraq in a month. All right, cool. Well, so, see, now let me put you on pause there. When I met you, your biggest gripe and complaint was I just re-enlisted because I want to go and fight. And yeah. every unit you went to was non-deployable. <laughs> yeah. There was some kind of weird unit going on that the Army was sending me at that time. You know, I did, what, a, a year, nine months in Germany the first time, and they just got back from rotation. Then I had the PCS out. Then I went to Irwin. I was sitting there for, like, what, nine months, ten months, almost a year. And I was like, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So then I went to Germany and literally got there and like, hey, within a month we're deploying Iraq. I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. So I went home, told my wife, which we were staying in a hotel at the time. We weren't even, we weren't even in like housing or anything. We just got there. And got then uh, <laughs> a little, a little bit later that evening, she's like, oh, well, uh, I'm pregnant. I'm like, what do you mean you're pregnant? I'm like, well, like I just found out I'm going to Iraq in a month. What do you mean you're pregnant? How's that possible? So, you know, that's how I'm going. So, yeah. So it, it, it strikes, but it strikes hard. So it's like, all right. So literally. I had to be that guy. I went to my commander the next day, like, hey, I know I'm a new guy, but uh, I just found out my wife's pregnant. I don't have my house so good yet. I have no furniture. I have nothing. We're still staying in a hotel. He's like, oh, don't worry. You got 30 days to figure it out. Like, all right. So uh, figured it out real quick. She was good to go. And uh, she's a trooper, man. She's, that's why, you know, I, I got to take my hat off to her. She's, she stayed with me during the whole, during the whole, the whole ride, you know, as far as, uh, you know, when I was gone to Iraq, she was, she was pregnant with the kid. And then, uh, interesting story, we went to Iraq, and then from Iraq, I did a competition out of, like, the whole brigade, mm-hmm. you know? It was, like, a whole brigade-wide competition because they needed, like, some dudes to go to ranger school and, like, go to, like, all these different schools and stuff. And I was like, you know what? That's me right there. So I had to compete for a slot because when you're stationed in Germany and you're, you know, deployed. Yeah, they're limited, Phillips. They're limited and it costs a lot of money. So they're sending like the best dudes they have in that brigade. So I tried out and I came in number three on the OML. I was like, oh, I got it. I'm going. So uh, long story short, I'm going to ranger school. And then the unit was like, oh, yeah, if you complete ranger school first time go, you might be able to see your kid in time for the uh, for the birth. I'm like, all right. So. One came from Iraq, went to range school, first time go the whole way. Got back to uh, Germany, just missed the birth by like two days. Uh, and then I was there for two weeks and the commander called me, like, hey, we need you back in Iraq. Like, oh, all right. So cruise back over to Iraq, finished that deployment out. And that was interesting. So, yeah. See, and, and I think that's the last place that our paths physically crossed. Yeah. My, yeah. if I remember right, my patrol had just come in the gate and we were in the staging lot there at Cal Zoo. Yeah. And your patrol was rolling yeah. out. Yeah, that's and right. I was like, I, are you shitting me? Yeah, we crossed paths. I was like, no way. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, there's Nick. There goes Nick. Later, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's literally the last time we physically crossed paths. Yeah, that, yeah. that's wild. Now, yeah. from there, how'd you get into the Ranger Bats? How'd that roll? So this is so this is what happened. So I went to range school, got back, finished direct deployment, did all that stuff, got back, and then they were like, "Hey, uh, what do you want to do?" And it was like, "Well, 
I'm not sure. So I, I try calling the Ranger branch, like the, they have their own branch to call right. Ranger branch. Like, hey, I want to go to like 75th, whatever you got this net. Like, well, what's your rank? And at the time, uh, I was E6. And I was like, well, you got anything available? And they're like, no, I was, I was staff sergeant. Like, no, um, this it's limited slots because you got three battalions in, in the set of your first, second, third. So it was limited slots. So there has to be a slot available because the higher rank you are, the less slots. So, and I was like, all right. So he's like, we'll try back in a little bit. So I was in Germany. And then what happened was is um, the, the sergeant major there and the commanders, they were like, hey, why don't you stay another another three years? Because if you're married, you stay overseas three years. So I was like, okay, yeah, no no problem. So I signed three years and then they put me in, uh, it was like, it's it's a task force within the brigades. It's task force one, two, it's one, two infantry. And uh, pretty much with these guys, Went over with them, stayed in Germany for three years, and I was like, okay, oh, by the way, we're going to Afghanistan. I was like, oh, okay. So I did a Game year on. like training, the 74 Benning to do more training. Had to go through like airborne school, like all the, the staff sergeants course, all that stuff. And then uh, yeah. went back to Germany, went out there for a little bit, did a lot of training there. And I was in Afghanistan after that. So then did my next deployment to afghanistan literally within a year and a half after the first deployment to iraq just got back all this stuff like literally flip-flopped and um what happened was is, uh we were there and we were we were in uh three different provinces you know we're in east afghanistan and it was like logman paktika mm-hmm. gazni like oh, all the shit yeah, we were, yeah we were with the polish you know like, yep. it was different dudes in there like different like special ops team in and out there was a lot of like uh the british like airborne infantry dudes were rolling around there it was it was interesting you know and it's funny because i remember when we first met i tried to explain to you how much of a shithole rc east was how bad Uh, gosney was i mean gosney's like being down in the freaking ghettos i mean it's a shithole and and it's funny because i never realized that's where they sent you oh yeah so I would, we were, so we were, we would get, pl- we would plus up whoever was in that area. So almost like a task force. So like we would plus up whoever was in that area who needed extra dudes or, uh, we were three months of, uh, low, uh, logman and we were living rough there, like straight rough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were living on a cop, like, you know, piss tubes we were burning, burning, you know, burning shit, like a full nine, like living rough, no showers, just water bottles, air dropped into us. Were, were your HESCO barriers filled at that time or were they still empty? Uh, they were filled. So that was good. Oh, so yeah, you're, you were a step up last time I was there. Yeah. So a HESCO barrier for everyone listening is basically like a giant square brick wall that gets filled with dirt. When I was there, it was literally just the HESCOs and no dirt just for show. So I'm glad they got you guys covered by the time you got there. <laughs> oh yeah, it was bad. It, it was it was still rough living though. And then, you know, finished that deployment up, and then uh, you know, got back in. That's that's why like I call Ranger Branch to see what they have. I'll go I'll go see if I can go 75th. See if I can go do anything like figure out where I want to go next for my career move. See what I'm going to do. You know, it's kind of hard because I had a hard transition coming from the Marine Corps to the Army. Have to figure out how the Army operates those things coming in and then you know getting deployments down and riding into solcom from there is not a simple task yeah so what happened was is i was trying so i was trying to go to 75th but they didn't have a slot available for the e6 called the e6 i'm like all right well nothing available that i could do it was like well why don't you go and be an instructor to help you out get your instructor time i'm like all right so 
where are you going to send me? Like, well, what do you want to, where do you want to go? I'm like, well, I'll go to Florida. So I was a instructor, ranger instructor in Florida. So that's where I am now. You know what I mean? That's how I got here. So I became, I came here to uh six RTB here and then got here, got established on ground and then uh, started kicking it off from there, you know? Nice. And that was interesting. You know, it, it's, so it's, it's interesting when you see like, cause when you go through the school, you're going through the school and you're, it, it's a, it's a serious gut check, you know? It's, I mean, you're not really eating, you're not sleeping, you know, and I went through in June and July. So it was hot. Yeah. It was the know? worst time of year to be down there. Oh yeah. I'd rather be hot than cold all day. You know, you, you can only, uh, you can only put so much on to stay warm, but when you get hot, you're just hot. You just drink water. You'll be fine. You know? So, <laughs> you know, but, uh, when you go that's through the Marine school, talking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's like, you know, that's the roots. That's the foundation, you know? So going through range school, it's, it's a challenge. You know, you're not going to, you know, everybody kind of thinks like, oh, yeah, this, that. But you're still human at the end of the day. You're not going to, you know, jump 10 feet high, walk through walls and all that stuff. Like, it's a great just gut check. It's just – it's a serious gut check to see what you're made of, to see how well you, you work together as a team under, you know, a lot of stress with with malnutrition, with minimum food, minimum sleep, and to see how you operate as a team, like how you work together as a team to, to, to push through an accomplished mission at the end of the day. You know, if you can carry your load, carry your weight, it's it's a serious like gut check. I it, I think uh, you compare range school to anything. It's just uh, it's just a brute like uh, just brute grunt force, like just 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 trudging through. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna know the the, the fundamentals and you know the tactics and all that stuff, but it's not elite advanced stuff. But it's it's good to go. Like it's definitely a uh, serious gut check. That's for sure. Oh, for uh, sure. You know, I mean, you see a lot of dudes just quit, like, left and right. Like, it's, 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 it's wild. But um, as an instructor, you get to see the, the behind-the-scenes part of it, though, you know, which is interesting. You know, and you see a lot of dudes that want to push to the next level. You get a lot of different, you know, guys going through. You get Marines. You get Recon Marines. You get Navy SEALs. You get you know, everybody going through that course just to, to get that another notch on their belt, so to speak, you know, which is good. You know, it's, just, it's, all, it's all learning and stepping and, and, and keep moving, you know, and that's what I was trying to do in the military. I was trying to establish myself and just keep, keep climbing that ladder and just see how far I could take it and how far I could push myself. But uh, unfortunately it didn't work out like that, you know? So. Yeah. But you were that way since we met. Cause I mean, it would, yeah. we, we weren't two months into knowing each other and you're already looking at me going, dude, why, why aren't we going to selections? Yeah. But let's yeah, go. Come on. Move. That was my next move after I was left there. I was going to selection or school selection, try to go back to Germany and the group out there. So, but you know, things happen. I mean, life happens, you know? Well, I, I, I wouldn't say it was life. <laughs> this was a little more specific. Yeah. So I, I'm going to segue us right into it, man. You got to tell us the story because right, we've, so. we physically not actually sit and discussed what happened on that day. Yeah. So, okay. So this is what happened. So, uh, we were doing, we're, we're, we're in between cycles, you know, and then, uh, as far as like students or whatever, and we do training with like the seventh group here, we'll do jumps with them. We'll coordinate stuff. We'll send guys to schools. Like if they're going to sniper school, dive school, like whatever. Right. And, uh, someone got an idea like, Oh, let's, uh, one of the commanders, like, let's do a, uh, airfield seizure so they're doing an airfield seizure which is like simulating taking over a flight line for like invasion style so uh what happened was is uh it was just a normal day we got got our got our shoots off the truck and we're doing a static line jump so um it was just business as usual 
got my shoot, you know, got JMPI'd, the full nine, you know, jump matches. All right, we're good to go. Got the brief, did everything, waiting, get on the bird. And the bird's supposed to, so the bird's supposed to fly over the flight line. So when it flies over the flight line, it drops you, you're already dropping static lines. So you're at 1,200 feet, which right. is not, it's not like super high. You're not free fall. So it drops you 1,200 feet. So it's low silhouette. You know, you get out, get on the ground, do what you got to do. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of like a brutal jump. If you're doing a side door, it's like a violent jump. Side doors like violent. <laughs> it just you go out the side. You walk out, hands your eyes, and you jump off the side and just sucks you out like a vacuum. Ramp jumps are easy. You just walk off the back of the ramp. It's cool. If you're doing like a black hawk jump, you just sit on the edge and push off. Those oh, are all easy. The best. Yeah. It's <laughs> the easy, best. Like, door jumps are a little more like outsides, a little more like violent. It just, it, it's good. It's, it's all good adrenaline. It's all good trend. So I was, uh, I was think I was number three or number four man out of the bird that day. Well, anyway, so we're doing airfield seizure. So he drops 800 feet this time, not 12. So Damn, it's 800. I you guys close. Yeah, because of the fact they want to drop us in low to get on the tarmac to secure the flight line. Tracking. We're follow on mission after that once everything's secured. So good to go. Next thing you know, uh, I get out of the bird and uh, – I didn't feel a tug on my shoe. Like I didn't feel the the, the, the tug on my impact on my right. shoe. So um, I immediately didn't think of anything. Like my adrenaline kicked in. I, I, I noticed my shoe was twisted. So I had a malfunction on my shoe, you know, my mane, which is not good. Right. Um, my shoe didn't <laughs> Especially open. 800 feet. <laughs> yeah. It's not a lot of time to react. So that's once it's one second per, you know, hundred feet. So that's, that's not a lot. It's eight seconds, really, theoretically. So, uh, literally, the shoe was twisted. So, malfunction. The big problem is the shoe was twisted up. The shoe didn't open. So, uh, I didn't think of anything. I literally, it felt like my 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 stomach went through my mouth. Like I literally like, felt like, you know, like, like it's just a shock, you know. And I pulled my emergency reserve. And that's the last thing I remember, you know. And smashed off the ground, and. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, definitely uh, that moment changed my life pretty much forever. So yeah, uh, that was an interesting moment. So I mean, one day you're 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 kicking ass, taking names. You're you're training hard. You're you're, you're doing all stuff. You feel like Superman. You know, you're, you're, you're nothing can stop you. You're you're just, you're climbing the ladder, of success, and then bam, you know, you literally happens. hit the ground. <laughs> oh yeah, you literally hit the ground, and it felt like I was hit by a truck. Now uh, I. I don't know if you remember or if anyone ever told you, did your reserve ever deploy? So I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it went out, but it just, just enough maybe to break a little bit of fall, save my life. Actually, I was wearing my helmet. So that helped me not scatter my brain all over the ground, but I end <laughs> up, uh, I end up, so they ended up medevac me at Eglin Air Force Base, so which is the Air Force Base nearby. So they took me over there and I was strapped to a spine board. Um, so it was pretty intense. I was knocked unconscious for a while, which, I mean, I don't really know how long I was knocked out for because it seemed like a couple seconds, but you know, obviously I was knocked out for a little bit longer. They said I was knocked out for a while. So, uh, from the impact and then, uh, medevac me, Eglin Air Force Base got over there. And that was, a that was an interesting experience. So I've never been strapped to a spine board before freaking out of my mind. And, uh, actually another guy on that jump, because I think the knots of the wind were really strong that day. And I don't know 100% sure because sometimes they just jump you just because they need to get you out of the bird. Right. Uh, whoever the, uh, the, the the ground guy was, if, if the knots were good or not, who knows? But 
you know, so another guy got knocked out that day and he was with me as well. And he was in the emergency room that day as well, because he got messed up pretty bad. As oh. Well. oh yeah. Another dude is a guy named Lee. Yeah. He's, he's still in. He's with 80 second. Now he was knocked out pretty bad. And, uh, he was medevac too. So we were in the hospital together, stretched spine boards. Well, they did a full body uh, scan on me to make sure like, you know, broken back, broken neck. They didn't want to move me. It was pretty terrifying. So, uh, they, the doc came in and that's kind of like when my reality like crumbled, um, pretty much it crushed my soul. So it was like, he came in, he's like, Hey man, I don't want to tell you this, but I got some, some good news, some bad news, some weird news. And I'm like, well, just give it to me. I'm like, what's the weird news? He's like, <laughs> weird news is uh, you got one kidney. I'm like, what? And meanwhile, don't forget, I just got knocked unconscious. So I'm like, kind of, I'm kind of zoned out. <laughs> so I'm kind of zoned out. You know what I mean? I just got, I just got rocked. You know? And I'm You're like, thinking that they brought you a brothel before they get brought you there or something? Yeah, you did spend a lot of time in Germany. Germany. <laughs> hey, back yeah. in the day, and, and the Marines used to cross over Tijuana all the time too, man. Well, well, I I know about you and the checks in the alleys. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. So I was like, what happened to my kidney? What happened to my kidney? He's like, I don't know. It wasn't on there. He must have maybe, maybe been born with it. I don't know. I'm like, what? So I really felt like I was in a twilight zone at this moment. I was like, are you guys, are you seriously messing with me, doc? He's like, yeah, you only got one kidney, man. I don't even know how you're in the military right now. I'm like, wow, is this dude for real? And then I'm like, what's the bad news? He's like, bad news is your neck. It's a broken neck. Your C5, C6, your neck. You got to get surgery. You have to get metal in your neck. You got to place those discs. And I'm like, man, that's why I can't turn my head. I couldn't lift my arm because my neck or my cervical spine right there, my cervical column. And he's like, yeah, your back's pretty bad. You got three herniated discs and a ruptured disc in your lower back. I'm like, oh, dude. He's like, so you're gonna uh, you're gonna be down for a while. Your shoulder has dislocated <laughs> shoulder dislocation. I was all, I was pretty banged up. You know, I had bruises all over. It was pretty bad. But I was literally trying to like get up to get out of there because I felt like I. Oh, I know. I know how you I are. Was, trying to get the hell out of it. I'm like, you can't tell me what to do. You know, I started getting kind of crazy, not very professional, but I was like, the New Yorker came out in you. Yeah. I was like, I don't I, think I, you know what I, you're talking about. I'm going to get a second opinion. You can't tell me what I can and can't do. And he's like, well, the one kidney thing, I don't even know. I'm like, listen, I've been in the Marine Corps, told my whole story, multiple appointments, you know, I boxed in the army, like did all this stuff, like full nine. I'm like, what do you mean this kidney thing? He's like, you're not deployable. Like, what do you mean? He's like, with your neck, you can't stand anymore. That's bad. And he's like, I don't know how you can do your job anymore. I'm like, well, let me take care of that. You just you sign my paperwork to get me out of here. And I'm like, rub some dirt like, oh. on it. <laughs> yeah. So I kind, of, I kind of said a few choice words. I'm like, you're just a dollar store military doc. You don't know what's going on. I'm going to see a real doc when I get out of here. So it wasn't too, wasn't too professional. But that moment, like I said. Oh, yeah. That's, I, that's your entire career on career, the line. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. He had his job to do. And I had my job to do. But. So I, long story short, I went back to camp. My, my first sergeant was there and my commander was there. They all knew what happened. They checked on me and stuff. And they're like, Hey man, you know, we'll see you tomorrow. I'll come in. We'll, we'll go over what we're going to do. So long story short, I did surgery. They gave me convalescent leave after surgery. It's my unit took care of me. So I, my unit here that I had the commanders, the colonels, the first sergeants from the top down were like probably some of the best leaders you can go for. Like they really took care of me. And uh, they knew what happened with my injury. So it's obviously they knew they saw me burn out and jump. You know, they saw the stuff I was going through with, with all the doctors, the medical stuff. So they were, they really took care of me. And they're like, right. hey, man, listen, you need to go see somebody. Maybe you need to talk to someone, you know. And I was like, hey, listen, you just can't kick me out the street. I got a wife, kids. I just, you know, I, I, got, I got all this time in the military. Like, I want to stay in. I, I still got a career left. I'll show you guys 
that I can keep pushing. And then they're like, well, we'll see how that goes. Why don't you take some pounds less and leave after surgery? And we'll, we'll talk to you after. <laughs> so I literally felt like everything I worked so hard for in my career was over. Like I literally felt like that's when, that's when like depression kicked in, you know, because when you're off temples high, when you're training and you're doing this and you're doing that and you're, you're kicking ass, taking names of schools and you're doing this and you got, you got your career mind like set. Like I'm going to try to go SF. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. Like you don't think about something tra- drastic happening. So when that, when that moment happens, you know, it caused depression. I was eating. I was like, man, what am I going to do? You know, I messed up pretty bad. I couldn't do PT. You know, I couldn't even go to the gym. Which I, which I know I, that killed you in itself. Oh, horrible, horrible. Like, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it can destroy a person, you know, mentally and then physically because you, I couldn't really do much, you know, physically. So I had the surgery, which I was freaked out of having that because I watched a bunch of YouTube videos for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to WebMD. Yeah. Not a good idea. Oh, uh, yeah. They're going using power tools on you. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, and I said, I never let a guy put a knife to my neck unless he's going to fix it. So, <laughs> so anyway, to do surgery, uh, they do the surgery. I come, come back after surgery. I'm in a neck brace. I'm on convalescent leave. Uh, my mother-in-law flies from Germany, you know, and, um, and for everyone listening, this is where shit gets real stupid, by the way, <laughs> it gets interesting. So this is, how, this is how interesting life gets. So, so what happens is my mother-in-law flies and help me out post-surgery. My wife's at work. My, my, my son that I had when I was in Iraq was in school. No problem. So my mother-in-law just got the neck brace off. She's like, hey, why don't we go to the beach? Just sit at the beach on the island. I'm like, all right, that's a nice day. You know, I'll just sit there in the lawn chair, mind my business, and just hang out. So long story short, we go to the beach. We're sitting there. And uh, there's a bunch of people there that day. It's probably about good 60, 70, 80 people there. And uh, it was a red flag. So I'm in the beach here in Florida, red flag. All right. So that means, you know, no lifeguards, shouldn't be swimming. Uh, that means like a strong rip current, waves are high. There's a lot of stuff going on. Or there's an incoming storm. So there's something bad going on. We're not supposed to be in the water, but then people obviously go in the water, you know, but a lot of times they'll go in the water waist high and they don't think anything of it. So there was right. a rip flag sign. So there's a rip flag and a red flag. So there's a rip current and a red flag. So I'm sitting there minding my business, an old couple next to me, and I hear someone screaming. I hear like a, a girl screaming. I'm like, what the heck's going on? So the old couple next to me is like, that guy's in trouble. And I look out and I see a dude out in the water and the waves are pretty high. Like I said, rip current. And a girl screaming. She's like, screaming, screaming, screaming. I'm like, what's going on over there? So the next thing I know, I see the dude go down and he's out and gets sucked out. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. Uh, so I just don't even think. I just react. You know, sometimes it gets me in trouble. But, also memory, uh, man. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I just, I literally just run as fast as I can. Not to mind you that adrenaline clicked in because I didn't, I just got my neck brace off. Just had a major incident happen in my life. Just had surgery the full nine. Yeah, so so I, I, real quick, how long had it been since the surgery? Uh, not that long, actually, like three weeks. So I got the neck brace <laughs> off. I got the neck brace off after two weeks, and I literally went to the beach to sit there in a lawn chair and just relax, look at the view. So I had internal stitches still, mind you. Right. And they put metal all my neck, removed my disc. So I was like, literally, I I beeline in the water, and I'm pretty decent in the water, being the, being you know marine, so I'm you know jarhead, you know, drown proof man, you know. So I literally jump in the water and I get in there, but I realized another dude like trying to grab the first guy that got sucked out the initial victim he was another dude and 
he went out and got sucked by a truck because the first guy hit him somehow. Like when he was trying to latch on, like that's when stuff starts to get crazy. Right. So the first initial victim actually went under the water and the wave hit him and he was done. He was under the water. I kind of had a general idea like where he was and he was kind of coming up, floating up, going down. So I got the first guy that was trying to help the initial victim. This makes any sense. Like, so there's two, there's two victims out there. The initial first guy that went under. Yeah. The rescuer became the victim. Yes. So I grabbed him because he was closest to me. I pulled him into where I could stand up and I pushed him in. I looked down the shoreline and I see everybody just pulling out phones, videoing it, bro. And I'm like, <laughs> only in I'm this world. Gas. I'm out of gas. It's not no like fucking David Hasselhoff Baywatch shit going on. You know what I mean? This was like me, like struggling, dude. Yeah, crossing out of a rip current with neck surgery just happening yeah. is not, I mean, swimming out of a rip current on your own is not yeah. easy. Yeah, much less dragging someone else out. And so adrenaline's pushing me through. I'm out of gas. I'm like literally, and I'm looking down the shoreline for someone like, help me grab this dude and, you know, help me maybe make a chain, anything like an arm. No. So I push him into where he can stand. And then I someone grabs him. And then next thing you know, I I look out to where the guy was. I get to where he's at, but he's a little bit under. And then he starts to come up and the waves hit. So the waves come up high and then they drop down low. So right. He, that's why I saw him a little bit. He was just under the water. And I felt him kind of on my leg and I grabbed him, but I didn't know how big he was, bro. He was like, he was big. He was like 280 pounds, man. And he was like in his fifties. That was his daughter that was screaming there on vacay. You see? And he must've, he must've been waist high in the water. It must've had some kind of cardiac, like some kind of heart attack or something happened to his head. So he fell down in the, inside the water waist high and got sucked out. You see? So when I grabbed them, I pulled them up, I grabbed them, and I was literally done. Bro, I was out of gas. And I was trying to hold them. The waves hitting him, and I almost fucking let him go. And I just held him so tight. And I was like, oh. And I looked down the shoreline, and finally, you're talking a good four minutes into this already. This four yeah. minutes, long time, bro. Oh, yeah. See fucking first responders finally show up. You know, EMT, all these medics, they get in there, and I'm literally like, where the hell where are you guys? Like, you're like, good thing you grabbed him. Like, he would have been under. Good luck trying to find him after that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you're dealing with salt water. You know, you can't just go underwater so look for a dude. They would have pulled the bolts out and he would have been done. So, anyway, get him in. I get in. I lay there on the beach. All these dudes are coming up to me and be like, you want a beer? I'm like, no. <laughs> My mother-in-law comes up to me and the medic, like, dude, you're, you're, you got one of your internal stitches, man. It's like, broke off. I'm like, oh, dude. It's like, you all right? You're bleeding. I'm like, oh, man, I just had surgery, dude. And then, like, so I literally had to go. I laughed. I grabbed him all. I'm like, yeah, go. And um, I went uh, to, to the hospital here to make sure that my, my internal legs. Yeah. You aren't really bleeding internally. Not only that, but my, yeah, my that too as well. But like my titanium and my neck and my disc didn't get like dislodged or anything when the dude grabbed onto me, the first dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? So long story short, that was good. And I went to the hospital, told him what happened. Like, wow, what do you mean you pulled people in? What? Like, what you <laughs> surgery? I'm like, it wasn't planned, you know? So I, oh, I bullshit. you walked in and went, I'm Nikki C. It's what I do. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I went home with my mother-in-law. She's like, she's like, wow. You know, I just, hey, I just scored some major brownie points with my mother-in-law, right? right? So she's like, oh, wow. So uh, long story short, she tells my wife. So now I think nothing of it. I'm like, oh, that was cool. I get out of there. I just wanted to leave. I don't want to deal with anybody. Plus, I'm like, kind of leave. You know how stupid the army is sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, like, well, were you at the beach? Like, I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting there minding my business. But anyway. So I just bolted out of there and I just didn't want any, I didn't want any attention. I didn't want any problems. I was like, you know, I, I did what I had to do. I am out. So uh, later on, my commander called me from the ranger camp out here and he's like, Hey, uh, 
were you uh were you at the island today i'm like yes yeah, sir he's uh, i'm not in control of my mind he's like oh hell no he's like you know people want to talk to you and i'm like well what do you mean he's what like for? Well, <laughs> so i got us on my stomach and i got a couple marine corps tattoos and prior jarhead so like they they there's a marine eod so they thought i was in the, the eod here and i ended up what I, I wasn't and they had these special forces group here it's like no, he's not our guy six rangers like hey he's our guy that's our guy and then they saw the video so somebody had a video and emailed it to the base and said hey this guy pulled these people out today it was crazy and i was in a video so the, the base had like a short clip on the email that was sent to them from one of the guys that was out at the beach i was like hey this guy whoever it is was a marine or something blah blah, blah. so my commander calls up the news, all the stuff. They did all the stuff for me and did all the, so I talked to the news, news, Northwest daily Florida channel nine. It was pretty cool. It was, uh, I mean, I didn't ask for any of it, you know? Um, oh, I know better just, than that. It just, it just all happened like that. And, uh, that's when, um, that's when, that's when everything kind of changed after that. So like I was, I was transitioning out that time. I was going through like a med, a med board, get medically retired. Right. And all this stuff and it was already in play it was already in works and i had like i said over 15 years and i was like oh i just really want to finish on the time but it is what it is and uh my commander put me in for the soldier's medal which is right. like uh for like stateside heroes i'm like you know uh yeah it's about the most you can do outside of combat yeah so it's the it's the stateside heroism which is good it was pretty awesome it was actually uh a really cool experience i got to see general miller which he's an awesome guy he's the one uh who came down uh, from Fort Benning, pinned it on me. It was pr pretty awesome seeing him. Super cool guy, really, really a humble dude. Uh, he pinned it on me, met my family, uh, and that, and then that that after that got medically retired. And, uh, that was pretty much it with that. So that was actually a really interesting experience. But on that note, so like I had to do a lot of like soul searching with that because literally a lot of a lot of crazy extreme stuff happened. Right. In, a, in a weird time and it almost is it's almost as if me saving those guys like so i saved those guys out there from drowning like that could be catastrophic for that guy by doing that that actually kind of saved me in a sense it's almost like it's almost like it's it's another level of like spiritual karma timing and like lies intermingling together if that makes any kind of sense sounds kind of no weird. no completely no, like from completely. my perspective dude like knowing you and your situation, I was feeling for you. And then when this all happened, I was like, you know what? This is the perfect scenario that can point out that even though you're not out there jumping anymore, you're not kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. You can still do a lot. Still do and something. Yeah. Th this was like the ultimate wake up call. And I thought it was great for you. Yeah. But you didn't end it there. No, so so that so that was interesting. So, so like when when you're at your all time low and you think that you got nothing left going on, you got to figure out your next step, and you know you've been beat down, you kind of dragged to the mud, and like you, you feel like your life changing event. That moment like really pulls it out for me, and like really saved me as well. They gave me a, a purpose of you know I can still do something, and I still can make a difference, even if I'm not wearing a uniform or you know trying to be the best I can be or whatever. And uh, so I end up pulling myself that helped me kind of pull out of like a little depression and a rut where, you know, I, I, I still got something. So it was, it was saving. And then, uh, I got out and then, uh, stayed here in the local area and then, uh, had another kid 
I had another kid. He, uh, so I had a brand new baby, my retirement present had another kid. So that <laughs> yep. was interesting. My baby making machine, man. So, uh, Hey man, when you have time, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ain't got so, the gym. You ain't partying. There's only one other thing left. Yeah. <laughs> so this happened. So that incident happened in 2014. And then I, I got retired, medically tried out in 2015. And that was when general mode did all that and, and gave me soldier metal. And then I retired out after that. So in 2018 or 19, I can't remember the exact date, but like, uh, names and numbers, I'm sorry, hard with me, but, uh, so what happened was, is, uh, my oldest son, uh, I got an old son. He's basically, um, he's yeah. going to be he's 19 years old. Constantine. No, uh, Davin, my oldest da- son, Davin. That Davin, Constantine's the second. That's right. Constantine's the one I had when I was, I, yeah, I I've met Constantine. I haven't got to meet Davin yet. Yeah. He was the one from Germany. The one yeah. I had when I was in Germany with Anna and the oldest son, Davin, he was living with me at the time and, uh, he had a girlfriend. He was 16, I think at the time. And um, he had a girlfriend. He was like, hey, dad, can you go to the beach with me? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? What do you, I got I to gotta cut the grass, man. I can't I can't go to the beach right now, dude. There's a storm coming in. Like, I want to picture you telling someone I can. I got to cut the grass. <laughs> so, well, this is the catch. So this is, what would, this is what he does. He goes, hey, dad, I need you to go to the beach with me today because uh, I need you to meet my girlfriend's parents because uh, they won't let me date her unless they meet you. And I'm like, well, you know what? That sounds like a good, that sounds like a, you know, how can I, I say no to that? that. You know, I got to respect that. You know, I'm like, all right, I'll meet your parents. I'm like, this is the deal. I'll go to the beach right now for you for about an hour, meet the parents, hang out there. And then after that, we beeline back here and help me cut the grass. Sound good? Bam. So we go there. I pack everything up, the cooler, all the stuff, hanging out, meet the, <laughs> meet the girlfriend's parents. Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Yep. And then I'm sitting there on the, uh, just by the shoreline right there. And I'm throwing frisbee with my other son. We're just hanging out, waiting for my son to get done with his, his girlfriend and her parents. And uh, there's a storm coming in and the waves were really high. And there was a red flag rip current as well. And nobody <laughs> was really swimming that day. So there was a nine-year-old boy that must've been standing like waist high and must've the wave must've hit him and knocked him off balance and got him out. So uh, people drown and die out here all the time, you know? So uh, I have me standing there and this same thing, like almost, almost same scenario. Like people start screaming, ladies yelling. I look out and I see like a head out there. Uh, and he goes under the water and it was like really dark here. I see the head like, bam, go under my, like, whoa. So I jumped in, I start going straight towards that area and I get out there and he's pretty far out, mind you. And, uh, simultaneously to that, uh, he was in the rip current. I was underneath the water another guy came on the other side. So I was on one side, he was on the other side and we both grab him. He was a kid. We pull him up out of the water to where we get him up under from underneath the water. Right. And the waves hit us. So we held him up and then we pull him in. We get him back to shore. EMTs, first responders are there, you know, and uh, people start freaking out. Like, dude, that was crazy. Good thing you guys were there, blah, blah, blah. And uh, all my kids standing there, my kids' girlfriend's parents are all standing there, watching <laughs> down. You know, I'm like, oh man, Let's I go. Can't, my I can't dad is Captain America. <laughs> yeah, dude, so things happen. So, literally, get him in, and then EMT's first responders show up, and then come to find out, they they treat the kid, and the kid uh, end up having water in his right lung, and uh, he ended up living. He was good to go, fine, and then uh, that was it with that. And then I left, went back home, cut the grass, and that was it. You know. And uh, <laughs> madman, like nothing, yeah, like nothing happened, like it was just a normal day, <laughs> yeah. So, that, that's how it goes, and that's just that's just life sometimes, you know. You're just in a spot or something. So, I've I've learned like over time in life when things happen, it never happens like when you're ready, you know. You, you, you never 
you never you're, you're never ready for like maybe where you're in the bank and a bank is robbed or like where you're out and you see a catastrophic accident and then you got to perform life-saving you know measures to like you, you're never like you, you, when these things happen you're either a tired either b you're injured you know and it's like oh right. man you know it's always there's always something bad going on when you got something kind of you're not at your best all the time but i've kind of noticed so you got to kind of really push yourself to do something and like at the end of the day like i said in the article and stuff like you do something you don't you know a lot of people freeze up a lot of people won't dare to even jump in the water during a rip current and extreme conditions you know where they could drown themselves you know it's like you know you just either you do it or you don't you know i mean at the end of the day and you got to do it you got you got to give it all you got that's that's what i say you know that's how i just muscle through life like that yeah it works you're a wild man i am I stay 250 miles an hour all the time. I know you do, man. I friggin' miss it. <laughs> oh, life is slow when you're not around you. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I'm full. I'm full energized, full pumped up, man. Nice. Yeah, so that's what happened with all that. So then I, uh, I went back home to New York for Syracuse with my kid for a week, and then my family found out I was coming up there. And at this time, like I haven't seen my family up north, or like and my mom and dad live in Vegas. So they like, they know bits and pieces of stuff going on, you know what I mean? And oh, like, yeah. They go up north and then they found out what was going on. So they did a whole thing. It was pretty cool, man. They, they did like a, a talk show on a radio and like they brought me into like a hockey game up there and did some really cool stuff, man. Like yep. it's just, and I, like I said, I didn't really ask for any of it, like none of that stuff. It just, it's just really cool to like, to show people that, hey, you know, there is, there is more to life out there and there is, everybody can make some kind of a difference. You know what I mean? Like, um, you just gotta, you just, just can't be like weak and feeling sorry for yourself. You know, you gotta pull yourself up and just reach down and grab a hold and figure it out. You know, I hear uh, you. So now that all this has transpired and you're kind of settled in, I know there for a little while, I don't know if you're still involved or not, but I know you were doing some like adaptive diving stuff. Yeah. So, um, so what happened was, is, uh, a couple of dudes from the ranger camp out here that aren't ranger guys. One of the guys, a couple of guys, are special force divers. They went to a special operations dive school, the full nine. They're all qualified with everything. And uh, they got out and they, they scuba dive here with Emerald Coast Scuba, which is the, the local dive here in Destin, Florida. And what happens is, is uh, they spearheaded uh, this program. And it's another guy. He's an old, uh, he's an old uh, seventh group dude, special force guy. He's uh, named, uh, he is the, him and my buddy they're the ones who actually put together and a couple other guys this nonprofit. it's called task force poseidon and what it does is it's a it's a it's a very unique nonprofit. it's really great and it's really awesome because it gives guys that are immobile like guys that are wheelchairs paraplegics uh guys who got blown up maybe uh, we got a guy who's got one he's, he's got one arm one leg you know, he's got the other arm leg missing and you get them in the water and they can actually feel free. They can, they can float around. You can, they can hold on to a little turbine going underneath and they, they can still keep some kind of camaraderie and bond as well under the water. If you have back problems, neck problems, you're buoyant. So you float. So it's easier on your disc and joints. Right. And then you go underneath the water. It's very Zen. You know, it's, 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 it's quiet. It's peaceful. You don't have to worry about stupid ass people. You don't have to worry about stupid stuff. You know, I didn't get my fucking Starbucks latte macchiato. I'm having a bad day. You don't have to worry about none of that bullshit. You know, you just get underneath the water. You're with your crew. You're with your boys. And you do some spearfishing. It's great. So they do an annual every year Memorial Day dive to honor all our fallen. So all of our fallen, we honor that. And we, they, so 
Task Force Poseidon made a, a monument, and one side's got the soldier memorial, the other side's got soldier prayer, it's got a thing on there for Task Force Poseidon, and then that's got all the branch of services, and we dropped it down there, and it, it's actually a flag that mounts the flag in there, so every year, we take the old flag out, put the new flag in, and we do it with all some of the best of the best and all the veterans, 100% combat disabled veterans, and it's just a really good community it's a really good thing to be part of and it's a nonprofit. it's pretty awesome and then they do a lot as far as like um a lady here her husband you know didn't make it home and then there was a lot going on so they do stuff with family members as well with children of service members who have problems and, and do everything too and they'll help them get you know scuba gear if they need it their school certs all paid for if they want to do it it gives them kind of a different outlet than out oh, here absolutely. in the, everything everyday person land and maybe seeing a counselor and this and that where you get to go with a bunch of bunch of you know good dudes great americans and uh you got that bond and camaraderie and go underneath the water it's another world down there and oh yeah feel, you know and that's what we do so it's great we're actually going to be doing a uh a 9 11 uh we got a buddy of ours he's uh he's army ranger he uh his uncle's FDNY in New York. He's got a piece from Steel Beam, and we're going to put a monument together. And on 9-11, we're going to drop that down here and make a 9-11 memorial and actually dive down and try to get some guys from the FDNY to, to come down and actually do it with us to do awesome. the dive. That's like our kind of the next thing we're doing. And uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But like I said, that's a great, great organization and great group of dudes to be a part of and, and women, you know, that are out there with us. So it's, it's awesome. Awesome. So real quick, what – what depth are you guys putting those in? 90 feet. So we're, we're diving nitrous. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I'd come and join you, but with my ears after being blown out 25 feet, I can't, I can't equalize. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I certified yeah, two years ago and I learned real quick that at 25 feet, I'm done. Yeah. You don't mess around with anything like that. That's, that's hard. Whenever you have any kind of ear sinus problem, once you start going down from that pressure, it just changes the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not fun at all. You know, so. but yeah, that's what I'm kind of doing now. Uh, just, just trying to stay busy. You know, a kid does the soccer stuff, all this other stuff running around, but it's not, it's not bad. Just, just yeah. every day, just trying to get through the day and, and just live it, you know? Hell yeah. Well, one thing I do want to roll into as we are an outdoor show, you got to do something that I've tried to talk you into for years. You finally went and did it last season. You, you yes. went out and got your first deer, man. And okay. I want to hear the story. I haven't heard it yet. So this is what happened. So I, so me being from like New York and then also like my growing up, you know, I never fired a weapon. So I joined the Marines. Like I never really fired a weapon. My parents weren't that well off. You know, I was kind of like, you know, it's a, a city kid. Like, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have the, the, the best upbringing, so to speak. I had a little rougher upbringing. So I wasn't, you know, didn't have like guns. My parents didn't hunt. So none of that stuff. So I didn't really know, you know, until you go with somebody that shows you these things, you know, so one of the guys I was in the army with, and uh, he does scuba dive with us. He bought a bunch of land up in Alabama, which is like two hours from here. And uh, he's like, "Hey, man, I know you've never been hunting before, but let's go. Come on!" And I'm like, "You know what? All right." So I went up there. I spent a lot of time hunting, hunting humans. You yeah, know? we got good hunting, at that. Hunt a lot of humans. <laughs> you know, what I mean? uh, did a lot of stuff. Like, oh yeah, like I'll get it. You know, oh yeah, and uh, never actually had the opportunity to hunt an animal, and then. You know, you can watch you can watch all the YouTube videos you want on how to skin a deer and do all this stuff, but until you actually do it, you know what I mean? It's a whole other animal, and that's what, that's when you can like really get good at it. But so he's brought me up there, and let's do it, man. So we went up there, and uh, I was in the tree stand. It was awesome. And uh, what I loved about it was, it's 
it was it was like really it was really natural but energizing it's like really like it's really like it's not man-made you know it's it's there you're in the woods and it you, you get to hear the woods come alive you get to hear like the animals you get to hear the wolves you get to hear the turkey you get to hear actually like you get to hear the earth come alive you know and, and everything come alive with, with the sun and all that so i'm literally in, sitting there and just enjoying the moment of just just the, the tranquility of just sitting up there watching the sun come up beautiful scenery beautiful like sounds and noises you know and then I, I i looked down and then i looked up and that's when i i saw three doe come down the way mm-hmm. and uh when that happened i put my uh yeah i put my rifle up had everything dialed in and the, the two kind of took off real fast because they, they must have picked up something but they didn't blow me out so they didn't, they, they didn't know like they, yeah you I didn't get sent it yeah i used that scent wash and all that stuff my buddy kind of he kind of he kind of schooled me up on like different stuff to do, you know how deer are kind of like ninjas and stuff. You know, oh deer, yeah, they're smart. They can smell. Like so, he gave me the whole like brief of like it's very like tactical. You gotta be like, smart, you know. So, uh, so long story short, you know, I I pulled the trigger, took the shot, bam, hit him. He literally perfect shot, man. Like I it couldn't have been any better. He ran like literally ten feet. It was dull. She ran ten feet, dropped right down, and that was it. And then buddy came over. He's like, wow. So I got my first doe, uh, you know, Alabama, they're, they're a little bit smaller down here. So it's not like the Northern or like huge, you know, and, uh, it was good. And with my buddy helped me like show me how to like gut it, skinned it, did the full nine, got it all set up, put it in the cooler, got it back. And then, uh, my wife, uh, had like a meat grinder. She makes her own food and processes her own stuff. Anyways, it was great. Did she we- make you her schnitzel? She made me everything, bro. She made me spot, <laughs> like, everything. She made uh, she loved it. She's like a butcher dude. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I remember. Like, yeah. She told me, she's like, you go hunting, don't come home without 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 meat. I'm like, Roger that. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> God, um, I love Anna. Well, yeah, she's like a she's she's a Russian man. So she's she's kind of wild anyway, you know. You know, Russian German, you know. So <laughs> I tell her she's at war with herself every day. She said she doesn't know if she's German. She's like World War Three every day, man. You never know what you're oh, gonna get. You know? That's funny. So, uh, so anyway, she's grinding all the stuff up. We're getting sausage, like the casings. We're doing it big, you know. And it was great, man. And I was, I was really pumped up, and I couldn't wait to get back out there again to get another one. I was like hooked. I'm like, this is awesome, you know. And it's just, it was just actually super, super, super interesting, amazing. Just every experience you could think of, emotion, like it's just awesome because, like, literally, you're out there, you're in the woods, you know, you're, you're one with nature. You, you know, you, you get it, you get a doe or if you're going turkey hunt or whatever you're getting. And then when you get, you actually get it, you can actually eat it and then you can, you can harvest it. And then you can, you can share it with your friends and family. And it, it's just really a great experience, you know, just being out outdoors with my buddies and stuff and then doing things and actually all being outside is just, there's nothing else like it. You know, it doesn't equate to anything. It's, it's awesome. I love it. So we're definitely going hunting again at his camp in Alabama. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, well, I'm trying like to hear brother. Try my like hand at bow hunting. I got I got a bow. My husband, uh, well, not my, my cousin in New York. I was going to say your bow. husband. What did <laughs> I do? <laughs> my cousin. My cousin. Nah, it's twenty twenty one. Well, like that. Like that. that Marine's like, kicking in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, my cousin in New York actually got me. Uh, he got me a bow. It's a Hoyt, and he's like, "Man, just come up one day. I'll get it set up for you. Dial it in. 
And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I can try my hand at bow hunting. So that's, that's even more tricky because you really got to get like dialed in. Oh yeah. Mm. So I'm pretty pumped up though, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped up. I'm like, I'm trying to be like all like Ricky recon hunting style, you know, I love we'll, we'll definitely get together and uh, we'll do some shooting together. For sure. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm all about it, man. I love it. I just got to find time, obviously, you know, with all the kids, got a lot of kids going on, the wife stuff. But yeah, I love it, man. I love every minute of it. Oh, you someone's know? calling you again. Yeah. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> so, man, I, you know, I want to start off first off. Thanks for your service, man. You kind of been through the ringer. You've, you've kind of done it all. It's, it's, it's an amazing story. I've kind of been quiet and kind of not really said much. I don't know the military <laughs> life like, like Steven does. Um, but one thing I do want to ask you, man, is, is you're just, you're full throttle. So what drives you, man? What drives you to keep going on? Uh, that's just how, I think that's just personality. Like I, everybody's different, you know, and I just, uh, I'm just kind of wild. Like I've always, I, so growing up as a kid, like I said, I had a kind of an upbringing. I had, a, I had a tough upbringing and then I had, a, I got, got so it was hard for me to get in the military and trying to get in the military in the nineties. If you got, if you ever been in any kind of trouble or anything like that, like, you know, I've always been trying to, to be the best I can at all the time and just push myself to the next level. And like, you know, I know it's like to be down in the dumps to have nothing. I know it's like I have no food. I know it's like to be poor, you know, being poor sucks, you know, and not having food or a hot shower. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just very hyper. I'm very driven and I'm driven to succeed. And then just, I want to, so I think of it like this, like everybody has a clock. Everybody has moments in time. You know, and how you choose to live your moments in time while we all have our time on this earth and, and with each other. Like this right now is a moment in time that we're all sharing together, which is awesome. You know, at that, at that, with that being said, is like how you choose to live these moments of time and how you, you choose to push yourself and, you know, and, and doing the hard stuff sometimes just going out and like fucking jumping in the ice cold water just because, you know, keeps you humble. You got to do that sometimes going out and you know, digging a big ass hole and then filling it back in just to do some hard grunt work humbles you, you know what I'm saying? And then with that being said, it's like, uh, it, it, it goes into what you do when you have these opportunities in life, like every day is a blessing that we're alive and how we do it. And then also the ability to just help somebody else and then push somebody else or motivate somebody else or, use yourself as like energy like feeding off other people's energy because at the end of the day it's 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 not necessarily all about money it's not about this it's about who we are and what we leave behind for our children for our sisters our our brothers you know and who remembers how they remembered us you know you don't want to be remembered as some fucking lazy piece of shit scumbag like whatever i don't know if i can even say this but like you're good dude you're good you know but like you know, at the end of the day, like it's, it's who we are as our souls and legacies, what you leave behind, because once you're gone, that's it. You can't, you can't write your story anymore. We're all still writing our story. You guys are doing it right now with, with, with this. It's amazing. I love it. You know, it's, it, it's awesome. You guys provide energy. You feed positive energy through what you guys are doing. And it's amazing. So all that goes hand in hand to the daily thing. And that right there is like, keeps, keeps me pushing. It keeps me driven. It keeps me driven to succeed at all costs. And it keeps me going because I just, I do things sometimes that are really rough that most people wouldn't do just to stay hard and just to stay like motivated. If that makes any sense. Like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird, but at the same token, people get, 
people get very people get very comfortable people forget how hard life is like everything you work hard for be gone in one second whether if it's an injury whether you got some six-year-old kid who didn't do anything and next thing you know he just found out he got cancer and has five weeks to live you know imagine that you know that's got to be awful so at the end of the day you know people don't really have as many problems as they think they do you know and they they, they, they get too caught up in their day-to-day and forget how beautiful like life is and how beautiful other people energy can push someone can motivate somebody can that can save a life you know to be hardcore to like say hey it's not, not the end of the world just keep pushing and this is actually this is actually this is the test you know this is the test see how you can outcome you know and true test of character you know that's 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 how i think sounds kind of crazy but i it, it's just it's just always who i am you know <laughs> i wish more people thought like you honestly yeah i'm kind of a maniac but like you got to stay hard man i love it i love it like i put myself in situations that i don't necessarily know what i'm doing sometimes i'm like you know what if i just back myself one against the wall i'm gonna figure it out you know <laughs> <laughs> like i said man you're a freaking animal always have been you always will be and i love it so yeah man real quick uh if you want people to be able to find you where can they find you and that's okay to say i don't want them to find me <laughs> <laughs> I don't, so I don't have like a whole lot of social media stuff. I'm like older, you know, and I'm, I just keep Facebook around oh, just for my, are you just kidding for me, my, dude? Uh, <laughs> You're a long yeah, ways from old. <laughs> yeah. I'll be 43 to 42, man. So yeah. Um, so I, I just have the Facebook thing just to keep in touch with, with like you guys, and my military friends, like stuff like that. Because I think like, that's the only thing I have, like, cause like someone changed their numbers. It's like, oh, okay. You can't get a hold of them. So I, I don't have like a lot of the, the social media platforms, you know, like a lot of other people do. So I kind of just do my thing, just do, do whatever, but I'm on Facebook, obviously. Uh, you know, that's just mainly for like my crew, you know, my, my boys and my guys and stuff. Other I feel than you. That. It's all good. That. Respect but, Trust me. I, I tried to do that and I still fight it. Trev can yeah, attest. It's hard, man. I, it's I, hard. I want nothing to do with it, but I have to do it for the show. And so, so I'm, I'm doing, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do, uh, motivational speaking for like, uh, I did motivational speaking for different things already, but like I'm trying to do motivational speaking for like the, the kids here, because I, I know it's like to have a hard upbringing. Uh, and it's, it's not, it's not the end all be all just because you're, you're raised in a certain area and that's what your, your, your world is at that moment when you're a child doesn't mean that that's what your rest of your life's going to You can change that, you know? And uh, that's what, you know, a lot, a lot of the youth are very, they're, they're very weak and they're very like internet orientated. And, and what happens is a lot of them get sucked in like bad parents and bad, bad households, abusive things. And, you know, they just kind of motivate them that, you know, they're not the only ones out there and there is a light in a tunnel, but they gotta, they gotta do something about it and stand up. So I'm trying to do it for them. It's a, it's the local like boys and girls club here. Gotcha. You know, it's happens to use to try to say, you know, try to motivate these kids, you know, and tell them a little bit of my story and then show them that, hey, you know, it's not it's not just because you're raised in a bad area and you're, you're from the ghettos. That's not all you that's, – that's not necessarily what your life's going to be. If you want it to be right. like that, yeah, you can change it, you know. And opportunities are there. This is the greatest country in the world. Not only right. that because, you know, greatest country in the world because we've, we've seen other countries. You see? Oh, yeah. We've seen the worst oh, in the world, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's the greatest country in the world because you can come to this country and not speak language. And if you're willing to work and you're willing to put it in, man, you can, you can prosper here. You know, that's how our forefathers came. That's how our country started. That's what makes America so great. You know, the ability to do what you got to do. And if you think it, you can do it. You know, if someone tells you, no, it should be more motivation to be like, you know what? Challenge accepted. 
you know, and that's how it should be. And that these kids need to understand that because they don't, they don't, they don't have that, that rough, rugged, rough, like maybe a couple of them do, but it's a different generation, but these oh, are the yeah. future, man. These are future leaders of our country. These are future doctors, these are future kids. So I'm trying to tap into the youth a little bit, you know, see what I can do on that. If I got some time, try to help out people and stuff. So it is what it is, you know? So I'll tell you what, anybody that is interested in getting Nick out there to come and talk and do his thing, share his story and have that influence. You guys reach out to me or Trev and we'll intermediate and get you guys in contact. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. And and to add to that, the group that you dive with, what's the name of that group too? It's a task force Poseidon. Okay. They got, and you probably mentioned it before, but yeah, task force Poseidon. It's a nonprofit. So if you got any guys that, uh, you know, that are like, you know, have any like serious combat stuff going on where they're maybe like messed up or need a second outlet or whatever, if they want to fly down here. Wait, doesn't that qualify every Marine? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I I had to throw it out there, man. They they tried to take the jar off my head, man. When I joined the army, you know what I mean? Well, they missed and then the army crushed the jar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They messed it up, man. Then they gave me the beret and I'm like, what do I do with this thing? (laughs) <laughs> oh that's funny that's good shit. <laughs> well brother thanks for jumping on i know you got a lot going on but it's been a blast i'm happy to share your story and for everybody out there man this is the fourth of july episode this is about america and it's about guys like nick the guys that went out and and fought for your rights to do this that busted their ass so that you could go out and party and have a good time but i ask one thing do not forget what the 4th of July is about. It is about our country's freedom and our ability to enjoy that and celebrate that. So with that, I want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. <laughs>